Today's episode is brought to you by the Sounds in Cinema podcast. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the 1982 Singles Edition of Pitch a Sequel. We're pitching sequels today, everybody. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, your friend and mine, co-host extraordinaire Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. Two more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Two more days to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Well played. You giving you giving me the Cochrane golf clap? <laughs> Please say you are. Indeed, I am. <laughs> Joining us, of course, our uh, special guest co-host Matthew Aldrich, screenwriter, veteran of Hollywood, and co-writer of Coco. Hello, Matt. Hey guys, I'm so I'm sa- I'm sad. This is drawing to an end. Um, this has been. Uh, I, there's nothing I love more than sitting around and talking about movies, especially um, borderline movies. <laughs> so this has been legal, a real... legal entity, legal entity, legal yeah. entity movies. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Are there's... you excited to do your actual job on this podcast? Yeah, I, I feel. <laughs> I, know, right? I feel a little. I feel a little bit like um, I got a put my money where my mouth is right now um so oh, believe feel... me we're the ones who feel intimidated believe me no no <laughs> i've listened to your pitches before and they're they're you they're they're more than enough <laughs> to to get a to, to to land a job and to uh to well, get a yeah, swing I, I think of them more like novelizations than pitches <laughs> Some of them are a little wordy. I'll give you that. Some of them, you get in the weeds. You get in the weeds of Act Two a little bit. Um, you know, you wanna, you wanna get your premise out. You want a high level Act Two, and then you want to kind of stick the landing. That's 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 really what you want to do. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you know I, I'm operating under the assumption that when when I uh, pitch a movie, they want to hear everything that oh, happens in it. Yeah, and then and guess what? Otherwise, then, how would they know what happens in it? Yeah. <laughs> I always, um, I always think of um, w- when I think about uh, like how to pitch a movie because it's a, it's a, it's a skill that like requires constant honing. It's like something that you're that I, I I've never met like a writer or anybody who will say that they're good at it. Like, hmm, um, uh, from I know from my own experience and talking to other writers and everything that it's um, pitching is a really painful process and it's a very mm-hmm. um, it's, there's a lot of insecurity around it um, and anxiety, a lot of anxiety around it um, about how much should I say, how much is too much, how much is too little, um, you know, couldn't that be different in every room you're in though? Yeah. It's, it really is a, it's a dialogue. It should be yeah. a dialogue more than anything because um, you know, the, the, whoever you're talking to, whether it's a, a an executive or a producer or, you know, a director or somebody, um, you know, you, you sort of have to recognize that they, they want to be in on the creative process too. And so a, a pitch isn't so much of like, here's what it's going to be. 
as it is like it's a pitch it's like it's a i'm i have the ball and i'm pitching the ball to you mm-hmm. and 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 so you're then you're gonna pitch it back to me and it's where it's we're gonna have a a a, a, a a relationship and this this idea a is going to go back and forth. Yeah, a back and forth. <laughs> it's we're going to have a we're going to have a dialogue about this. And so I hope everything I say now stimulates your imagination to the point where you then go, "Oh, you know it would be really cool." And then you you plus what I just gave you. We and... do that for each other. We ask questions yeah. and <laughs> add on. I think and... I think I think you may be being too generous there, right? That we we the, what sounds like quite a sophisticated uh, creative dynamic with me going, you know, should you have a two in there instead of... The, no, I, I can't... Is it a little it goes different. beyond that. Come on. You're not giving yourself is, near enough credit, Tom Stewart. No, it's like you, you do your pitch and I interrupt with questions like, is he still a ghost? Or something like that. I mean, it's, <laughs> not, is, it's not high level. No, 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 no. Valid. I will, I will interrupt you there and say, like, that's exactly how... The, pitches go you 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 get on a roll and somebody pipes in and says wait is that a ghost and then you go oh man like that's the feeling of like i just i just threw out the opening pitch and it was it just it went sideways and half the distance and i just and like in the all the crowd is looking at me and they're booing me you like so it was a it was a fauci opening pitch. it was a fauci opening pitch yeah you want to you want to be up there and and you want to you know you want to be randy johnson or somebody up there you want to you you want to just like just throw the heat um and uh you're talking about try and you just fauci it Yes, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Have you okay. seen that? He had an opening yeah. pitch recently that was... Um, oh, he that, did? Um, yeah. Didn't go well. Didn't go well. But, guy's but bu- anyway, the, busy. The, 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 I think, I think what, what a great pitch uh, does is a lot of things we've been talking about um, over the past you know, four movies, which was to say, like, give them everything they want, nothing they expect, right? Like, to to satisfy like to know what the expectations are you know um if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna pitch halloween three or if you're gonna pitch grease two like know what the baseline needs are um and and then hopefully your pitch sort of kind of brings an, another level to it um yeah and, and i think one of the interesting things about about like well pitching a, a sequel in in our little world yeah. And I assume that there's a little bit of crossover with reality here is that we're we're constantly thinking about what other parts of the franchise you can incorporate into well I certainly am into this one movie so you you think you're thinking about like what other part of the series does it speak to I guess that'll be less of an issue here given that these are all single sequels question mark um but it's it's always I think I don't know about you Mike but it's always a play for me like do I want to loop back to the original do I want to you know redress something that happened in a previous movie not just thinking about making the best possible movie with the material we have and thinking about the series holistically so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting uh, interplay there yeah I think all of that's at play in my mind how much it's connected. I mean, at the end of the day, you just want to make as good a movie as possible. With as many like, people from the 
yeah. <laughs> other movies as possible. Yeah. In my mind, that's that's yeah. particular to me. But that's not to say just because Halloween three, in two of our opinions, kind of shat the bed in what it wanted to do. No, that was Tom Atkins mean that who it shat shouldn't the bed. Have... <laughs> Yet another strike against him. We forgot that, in that scene. In that, that was why they did the sex scene on the first day, because they knew Tom Atkins always shits the bed in a sex scene, okay? He always we, shits the bed. We, we, we got to do it on the first day so we can get the dry cleaners in. <sighs> we want to reuse this hotel set like five Well, my times. overall point was I, I hold no ill will against Halloween Free for attempting to do something completely different, mm-hmm. devoid of Michael Myers. Yeah. And I'm the opposite of you, Matt. Like, the Halloween series is my all-time favorite horror series. And I oh, love I didn't know Michael that. Myers. Oh, I, I love it. The New original Halloween. I, I just love those. You know, I think they're great. I'm agnostic on them. I, I, I haven't seen them. And it's generally those kinds of movies aren't my cup of tea. Um, mm. It just, you know, I... I I don't know if it just passed me by because of the age I was at. Like, I, I enjoyed the Nightmare on Elm Street movies very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th movies sort of the, um, never, I, I, they just never played in my house. Or I just, I never, never went to see them for whatever move, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I should have, by all accounts. And I feel like um, it's like I, I had, you know, I feel like that window for me to like become a Halloween fan is kind of over. It's like. <laughs> I'm I'm no spring chicken. I you know it's like yes, I never played in little league, and and I probably never will. Because <laughs> to do it now would be inappropriate. So um, I'll just let that let that go. Um, I disagree. Don't play. I mean, that's I a, maybe the that's the league. that's the movie to pitch. But, that's the movie to pitch. Like, are we talking about little league or little breather league? Oh God! There's gonna be lots of Hervé Velasquez's just kind of running around. <laughs> oh my God! I think you do well in that environment. <sighs> all right. I mean, let's get to it. First of all, let me just say right off the bat, and I am not apologizing for this. I have a sequel for each one of these movies. <laughs> not to brag, but so do I. <laughs> but there's only one I'm gonna pitch. But oh, these were that's these disappointing. were these were um, these were very uh, with the exception of Piranha. I actually didn't take a swing at Piranha, but the other the other ones um, I, I I I you know thought of like oh yeah you could do that you know and, and I'll go uh, one better. I'll say there's only one sequel I even considered pitching a sequel to, and and I'm willing to put money right now that. <laughs> I think we're all going to pitch I've the same movie. Shit, I've got to write a pitch really no, I quickly. Think, I, think, I think we're all going to pitch the same movie. That's what I think is oh. going to happen. I think we're all going to pitch the same movie. Meaning, well, I, I, know, I, I know that there is demand for the movie that I'm pitching that exists in the real world outside of this podcast. Which is? You so want me to tell you now? Who starts? Do. How do you do this? What happens? Tom tells us his fucking pitch right now. We, we don't know. We've never figured that out. <laughs> so, uh, somewhere, it, like, we get about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes in, and we suddenly Tom, start pitching. Tom that's, makes a that's bold as much statement as I can tell you about he's uh, pitching a sequel to something he knows that Hollywood already wants, and then I say, you fucking tell me right now what it is. Well, when I was reading uh, both Taking Shape and Taking Shape 2, one, uh, uh, the... 
um, the director of Halloween, Twenty Five Years of Terror, said that one of the most the the FAQs he hears at conventions is, are they going to make a sequel to Halloween Three? So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Do it because there's demand. For go. It. Let's hear it. Oh no, I don't want to go first. <laughs> That's kind of screwed myself there. My, I, I'm happy to throw out my Halloween three very quickly for you. Oh, because you, you, ha- you that's not your official pitch. No. Okay. What's well, your? Are we are we all doing the same movie? Let's answer that. I to surprise you, Tom. I am I am pitching Halloween oh, three. I am wow. pitching a sequel to Season of the Witch. I then I, then I propose this. Let's start with Mike's other pitches and then. Okay. Then we can all do our Halloweens, right? All right. So there's parody. My Halloween three sequel is no. Do your Hall- other ones first. The other ones first. Well, well that's, yeah. You, you're you're doing like. Are thumbnails. you saying I should save Halloween three for last? I think so, since we're all doing the same one. All right. Well, well I what, don't know. What's what do your I know? what's your what's your main one? What's the one you're gonna you're gonna go with? If I was going to do a main one, oh, it's really tough. As far as I'm concerned, these are the definitive sequels for all these movies. Okay, go. All right, I'll start with Piranha 3, (laughs) Tremors Edition, In Space. Oh, okay. You're done. We have had. You're done. You're done. You you, you got got the yes. Got it. (laughs) I know everything I need to know about that movie. Once you get the answer, the meeting's over. That's all you needed? You got the yes. That's right up there with uh, Jurassic Shark. That's just like, you you got it. (laughs) Oh, so I should save Halloween 3. All right. My airplane sequel is Airplane 3 Space Force. In the year of 2050. In this movie, Robert Hayes has been the leader of Space Force. Mm. Sadly, Donald Trump was reelected in 2024 and has now become, as Tom knows, Planet President Trump. Mm. Now there is a new experimental ship that is going to get us to Mars, as Trump has demanded. Elaine Dickinson has been... Upgraded to co-pilot. Yeah. As played by Julie Haggerty. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Ted Stryker has been arrested for an accident during tests that he did not commit. And he is imprisoned by the government who wants to keep this fucked up ship hush hush. (laughs) Now, if. What Ted Stryker knows is if they take this new experimental spaceship to Mars, which is, by the way, nuclear powered. Yeah. It's going to crash land and split that planet in half. And it will end up destroying Earth. Hmm. But what we really want to know is who's on the fucking spaceship. Yeah. So. It will be. Piloted. I have not decided, actually. I have two. I can't decide between the pilot being either Bill Murray or Denzel Washington. Like from Flight, Denzel Washington? Yes. Oh, okay. Like that character. Which is why. Yeah. 
which is why there's just so much great comedy to be mined. There you go. If you put them there. Why why choose between those two? There's such a thing as a co-pilot, Mike. Well, that's, I have co-pilot elite. as Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, t- t- throwback to... Uh, uh, throwback uh, to Kareem. To Kareem in, in, uh, in the first one. None. Me, side question. Are any of over-underdone sports heroes? Say that again? <laughs> the the characters of over, under, and done from Airplane 2, are any oh, of them yeah. sports no. people? No? No. No. Another reason why that movie sucks. Go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They couldn't, the they, they, couldn't, by... they couldn't even they couldn't even do a layup. Right. Nope. <laughs> They'll have a nun played by Meryl Streep. Oh Doctor played by Liam Neeson. <laughs> He's very good at comedy. Yeah. The Lloyd Bridges character, played by Pacino. Not, the Robert not Stack by Jeff character. Bridges. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you there. We yeah. can get Jeff Bridges. So you, you and to... <laughs> Bo Bridges, and they're the same oh character. Oh my god! And they just alternate right. from like scene to scene. It's one. See, it's I the had, same character. I had Lloyd being played by Pacino and Robert Stack by De Niro, but Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges might be a stroke of genius. This is what I'm talking about. It's a volley. It's a back and forth. <laughs> it's a yes and. And then the stewardess played by Issa Rae. Because. Because she's hysterical. So, so you are you are pitching this movie as like this this movie will um, exist by the just sheer star power. You are Ocean's Elevening this this movie. Absolutely. Got it. All right, I've got Grease Three, High School Reunion. Mm. It is the fifty year reunion. Of the 1962 class takes place in 2012. Danny and Sandy teach at the high so everybody's, school. Everybody's in their 70s. Danny's the dance teacher. <laughs> yeah. Sandy. Tom, Tom Atkins. Played by Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy teaches English. Stephanie and Michael are coming back for their reunion. Yeah. They are divorced. But they each, each set, uh, the, you know, so Danny and Sandy have a child, girl. Stephanie and Michael have a child, boy. You know where this is going. So their children, that, let me get this straight. Yeah. So they're in their 70s, so the children are in their late 40s, early 50s. Right. Okay. Now, <laughs> Danny and Sandy, once they realize that this high school reunion dance is going to have a, a dance battle... On YouTube, mm. call in the old gang. Look at you, Cobra. Look at you, Cobra Kaiing this shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, you're gonna have the huge dance battle, and the two couples are gonna be battling against each other while their kids are falling in love. You'll have like an A story, a B story, a C story. And so, again, just to get this straight, no one in this film is younger than 49 years old. That's right. <laughs> and it's a Grease movie. Okay. Yep. Just, I'm just, I'm painting a picture. <laughs> it's going to play well in retirement homes, I think. 
definitely for the matinee audience. Point out the glaring holes in my pitch. (laughs) I'm just trying to see what you see here. I think I think you can afford like a crossover with the what's it called the Royal Marigold Hotel or what's that movie about? I was about just gonna that? say I was just gonna say that I have a star note here that I could call like Grease Three High School Reunion, a nostalgia extravaganza. I think you need to Godfather Part Two it, and we see some like we see some younger actors playing them. Before. When they were younger, and then I think yes, it would work. Interesting. Well, they did that, and those were the original movies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about those. We 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 don't okay. we don't talk business. We don't talk original movie business at the table. Okay, I'm just well, saying. It I... seems to me that what Tom's saying is, you show them in grade school. Oh, like Muppet Babies. <laughs> Okay, this is the point at the pitch where the, you'll you'll suddenly feel like the subject change, and suddenly you, you 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 somebody will be like checking their schedule in front of you, you know. And yeah. <laughs> the the golden eye couch will like flip you inside it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, somebody else take over your pitch for Halloween three. Well, well, can I? Because I have, uh, I have, I have thumbnail pitches for a few of these other movies. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. Let's I, just do that. I, I got. I, I can think of. I can think of. One I was. I was trying to. Um, <laughs> I only arrived at like fully fleshing out a Halloween uh, pitch after the other ones failed me. I did really did not. You know, um, I didn't think I was going to go Halloween on this one, because when I sat down with Grease Three, the idea of Grease Three. Um, I, I think my mind was just sort of already poisoned with the idea that there was already supposed to be a Grease 3 and it was mm-hmm. about was supposed to be about like 60s counterculture, you know, and sort of the, the, the you know, the hippies uh, instead of the greasers, you know, as the as the um, new and kind of scary thing. Um, and then I realized that as I was pitching that up, I was I was I was really just making hair. And so I like I just didn't want to I didn't want to go there. Um, And uh, and then and then and then currently they're working on uh, or they've announced they're working on uh, on a prequel to Greece. And so that sort Mm -hmm. of um, uh, killed both ends. And then and then I looked at Airplane 3 and my first idea, which I loved, was like you do a prequel and it's called Macho Grande and it's it's. It's set in World War II, and it's Ted Stryker as the pilot. Oh, that's of, good. I of, like that. It's set is the world. It's it's about the World War II bomber crew, um, life on the base, and and uh, uh, the fun and hijinks they have doing R and R in Rome. And then I realized I was pitching Catch Twenty Two, <laughs> and so uh, I was I was like, oh shit, swing and a miss. Um, um, and so, uh, uh, and hot then shots a little bit too and hot shots. Yeah. But, but the, I, I <laughs> yeah. think, I think, I think of all of That's the, idea, though. of all of the things about airplane in terms of like what was left unmined and what were, you know, in those movies, like in the, in the sequel, my favorite part was the courtroom drama, you know? And so mm-hmm. to take it out of the realm of, of, uh, you know, airplane disaster movie, and 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 use the the name of the franchise to sort of send up war movies, 
I mean, we have a time machine. We you know we have a unlimited time machine here. Right. But what right. I really want to see in that sequel is because am, am I right in thinking that Shatner was he flew with yeah he flew with right. Stryker yeah. But I want to yeah. see William Shatner now playing that character in the 1940s with no right. reference to the fact that yes, he's in... like in his late 70s or whatever he is now. Yeah, so that's exactly. So you request. wouldn't go Chris Pine? Oh, that would be a good. No, I think good. I think you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think if you were actually if you really were to make this movie today, like it like no time machine, you know, and you really were to, somebody really were to try to breathe new life into the airplane sequel. Yeah, I think the way to do it is to sort of pitch like young cast, uh, you know because we, we can't send up like we were talking about we can't send up airplane disaster movies anymore because nobody knows what those are anymore nobody yeah. there's no there's no common frame of reference um that we all have and and so um it, i think it would be really hard to make a spoof movie um but i think just in this in the universe of airplane um the one thing that um to me seems to be calling out is like to actually go and find out what the fuck did happen over macho grande and it's yeah. a great and it's a great title so. Yes, really great title. Airplane Three Macho Grande. Um, so those are my those are my thumbnails. I'll I'll save my uh, my longer Halloween pitch, and we can head to head all the Halloween pitches. Okay, Mike, go. Sorry, you cut out. What what was that? So well, you you want to go you want to go ahead with your pitch, Mike, or do you want me to do my Halloween first? Mine's actually pretty quick. Go well, I had I had two it. ideas. <laughs> Doesn't sound quick. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds no, decisive though. So let's yeah. hear them both. Yes. <laughs> my my first idea, which was mostly based just on the title, is called Halloween Three, Part Two, The Beginning. Halloween Part Three. And it's three. the story okay. <laughs> of Harry Grimbage. <laughs> Who was Harry Grimbage? He's the first guy you see running away from the fucking town. He, he's the dad? No, he's Ellie's he's dad? He's dad. A board, a board, a board. He's the dad. <laughs> There's a reason why Harry Grimbridge dies within seconds of the movie starting. He's gonna Rogue One Halloween 3? He's so, just a guy who works in a toy shop. <laughs> you're gonna go... Like 2011, The Thing, and it sounds like it's a remake, but no, it's a fucking prequel. To, to quote your other podcast co-host, Lady Chu, you know I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking great idea. I love it. My other idea fucking was... <laughs> My, uh, my that, other by idea. the way, that was the whole pitch. That's the whole pitch. <laughs> We're just gonna do a movie about you're the gonna, guy. You guys, you're gonna say the story of Harry Grimbridge, and at least one of the two people you're pitching to does not know who Harry Grimbridge is. <laughs> and one of those two people played Harry Grimbridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was my name. See. <laughs> It's a fucking winner. <laughs> no, my other idea 
was to pick up at the at the end of the events of the second film and based on the idea that what's her name ellie ellie that ellie was not a robot the whole time and mm-hmm. is still strapped to a gurney somewhere <laughs> and now she's going to be saved by her best friend who is going to be helped by a de-aged well not helped but Tom Atkins, de-aged, like the Irishman style, is going to say, hey, hey, maybe I should help you. with This is the cold open. Hey, hey, maybe I'm going to help you with that. Hand on the ass. She punches him in the throat. I'll do it myself. Walks out the door. And then she has to go save Ellie. From the gurney. From the gurney, but also... And then Tom Atkins just goes to prison for all the things he did in the last movie. For all the things he did. (laughs) Yep. But as Stonehenge also took away uh, Connell Cochran's life, they reconstituted they reconstituted oh, him as shit. well. Reanimated. So he is he's back in business. Uh, Great. You're jumping. You're jumping on my uh, pitch here, Mike. Uh oh. You asked me to go first, dumbass. I know. I wish I hadn't. Now. <laughs> Why don't you go next? Is that it? That's it. Phew. Hugo is so close. <laughs> okay, so my movie is called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch 2. And to put it as simply as I can, this is Halloween 3's Halloween 2. <laughs> gotcha. So, like Halloween 2... Picks up where Halloween uh, leaves off, begins seconds after Halloween ends. So does this movie. It picks up at the end of the seconds after the end of Halloween 3. With Tom Atkins as Dr. Daniel Chalice on the phone in the gas station, Mm -hmm. urging a major network to cease broadcasting. Luckily, they do. Mm. So that cliffhanger is instantly resolved. Phew. We have a complete, you know, relief. My children aren't dead. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, so he's, he's immediately relieved. You know, crisis over. The gas station attendant uh, is like, oh, yeah, it's uh, time for my program. Switches to a whole nother station. The same station that he was watching that British news report on. <laughs> and and he turns to that station. There's the, there's the digital pumpkin, the silver the silver shamrock pumpkin, and the ad. And they say and the voiceover on the TV says, Don't forget to tune in to the big giveaway at 10 p.m. <gasps> and immediately Daniel is like what is this network? Like this is I don't know about the station. And he's like, oh, it's the Silver Shamrock Network. It's mostly just like footage of you know an Irish river, like tw- like twenty three hours a day. But I find it relaxing. And he's like, shut up, guy. I don't care about. We've got we've got. It's like you, like where is the station? Like where is it located? It's like oh, it's a local station. It's here in Santa Mira. It's like do you know where the station is? And he's like, yeah, yeah. No, I I once uh, you know went over there to. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know where the station is. We'll figure that out later. I don't know. <laughs> We're still in the first scene. 
Oh, um, God. <laughs> so, it's October, and then, you know, obviously we get the October 31st, right? So, <laughs> so, so you're, you're carrying on the tradition of constantly yeah. telling us where and when we oh, are. Oh, you don't, you don't know how you said a mouthful. <laughs> so, <laughs> D- Dr. Daniel Chalice says to the, the gas station attendant, you know, you've got to drive me to this station. I've got to shut down this. i got to shut down this. We've only got an hour. I'm not. I'm. I'm unclear as as how. I'm unclear as to how far away Santa Mira is. So we better leave now. Um, from this gas station, they get to the station. Is wait. He, they, he's going with the gas station attendant. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a car. And right. the gas station. So this is the gas has, station attendant who visited him in the hospital. Who they, yeah, they the met same in the guy. first. Okay. Yeah. So now, now them knowing each other makes a difference. Finally, they so they they get to they get to the station and gap filled. When they when they arrive at the station, they find Ellie. But there's a classic sequel inversion here because she is actually Ellie is in front of the camera, strapped down the real Ellie, not the robot Ellie, um, mm. with a mask on her face. Okay, so that's different because it, normally it's the kids watching the TV who have the masks on and they're watching the digital pump lane, But this is reverse. People will be watching the, digi- the a person with a pumpkin mask on who's strapped down. So we ignore what this is all about at this point. He rescues Ellie. It's like, oh, you're alive. Um, that's great. Um, but she's injured. She's had bad stuff done to her by Daniel as well as Cochrane. <laughs> so... So he uh, he takes Ellie to the hospital back, you know, the the nearest hospital, which is Daniel's hospital. Physical problems or psychological? Yes. We know that Sorry, we know ahead. that Daniel's hospital is the nearest hospital, however far away that is. So she goes there. Okay, November first. The police are investigating Santa Mira. What happened? They're in the factory. They collect the stone ashes of Connell Cochran. They take it into evidence, but they put it in the same evidence locker as the silver shamrock microchip. As with Mike's pitch, Cochrane is reanimated. The microchip and the stone together reanimate him into... But now he's a stone man. He's made entirely of stone, which he may have been all along. We don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like the robots. We don't really know the details here. And he, is, you know, and he uses his stone power to escape from the... The evidence locker and now Cochrane is alive and free. November 7th, so we do the same time jump that we do in Halloween 3. Daniel is in court losing custody of his kids. <laughs> yes. It was very, you know, like it was a quick turnaround once everyone found out like what what he was doing. So he's lost what he custody. Was actually doing. Yeah, he lost custody of his kids and at the same time Connell Cochrane is now stalking his family. As a stone person. Um, Daniel bumps into one of the cops who's investigating the Santa Mira crimes in the courthouse. And he says, oh, how's the investigation going? What did you find out? And the cop, you know, replies, it's like, well, all our evidence went missing. So, you know, the, the case is pretty much done. And Daniel's like, how could you let that happen? November 8th. Daniel kind of realizes after several drinks at his local bar that 
Cochrane might be after his family out of revenge. So he tries to, you know, he turns up drunk at his own, you know, at his house where his wife and children live. But of course, you know, he's not allowed to see his kids. And he's drunk. They're not going to let him in. So he doesn't get to, she's there like, go away, go away. We don't want to see you. And of course, as soon as he's, full, you know, and the police take him away because his wife calls the cops. But as soon as he's gone, Stone Man Cochran kidnaps Daniel's children. And then, on, then we go to November 9th. Back at the TV station, he puts the kids in the same situation that Ellie was in. And, and now Cochrane, phase two of Cochrane's plan is he can do sacrifice the other way by making other people watch people die from the Silver Shamrock chip on air. And that has the same effect of this weird druid ritual. Daniel figures out that, you know, oh, that's what that's what they were doing. He's probably going to do it to my kids. They drive or run to Santa Mira, <laughs> depending. Across the street. <laughs> yeah, depending on which way we fall. Um, he saves them. Um, you know, he 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 calls, you know, he Ellie has become involved in this point. Um, she's not abandoned him like everyone else. Uh so he t he and Ellie go there to rescue the kids. They rescue the kids, but a druid laser uh, takes out um, Ellie. So Fucking she does actually lasers. die there and then. The uh, real that's Ellie. the end of the movie. It ends on a real downer. Oof. It just takes a whole movie you to You know get what her. I do like, though, that we didn't talk about in the episode? Uh, I assume you'll be having the strange title cards. Yeah. Can we have a second one that says one hour later? Yeah. Like <laughs> like Halloween three had? Yeah, for sure. Oh no, all all time hours one minutes, hour later. Nanoseconds will be accounted for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Halloween three it's season two, it's the Halloween two time will be for the Halloween three generation. I love it. That's I love it. it. Nice. I guess that answers all the questions. <laughs> It really does. And raises many further. new ones. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, um, all Cochrane's henchmen are made of stone now. I like stone stone henchmen. It's more on point uh, yeah. than robots. It's um, more Stonehenge. It's more Stonehenge. And I like stone. and I like that you're continuing the um, the social critique to uh, um, uh, that that the first one has about you know sort of television rotting our brains and you're sort of putting it in this world of reality television and and where we're yeah. going to watch actual torture and death um and that is going to have some kind of uh that'll be some sort of like ritualistic purification um i think it makes as much sense as doing it the other way absolutely is my feeling sure <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i went i went a slightly different way with ah. halloween t i i definitely I, I lose the word Halloween from it. And I just make Season of the Witch Part 2. Um, because I, I think you were kind of making this point, Tom, is that if they had only not called this Halloween, things might have turned out a lot different for Season of the Witch. You know, if there was just a, a movie called Season yeah. of the Witch. Um, and so I, I, I just decided to treat it like, see, like there was a movie called Season of the Witch. We're going to do Season of the Witch 2. Um, and... Uh, and so my my story 
starts one year after the events of Season of the Witch 1. We're mm-hmm. approaching the next Halloween. And this is one year since the nation's children were murdered en masse by these <gasps> masks. We are living Fucking in... Fucking ABC. Yeah, the, the shamrock masks worked. We all know it was ABC Get let the kids Get to fucking die. moms and dads. We all um, know it was ABC so let the kids So we are, we, are, we are one year after, a, a, one year after this uh, um, uh, mass death um, at the hands of these masks. And, um, and you know, the fire uh, that engulfed the factory, uh, the Silver Shamrock factory in, in Santa Mira, um, is, uh, is, you know, is just in ruins and ashes. And this factory town, as it was described, you know, without its main factory is dying on the vine. Um, mm. and, uh, and that's the town we find and that's the town where, where our, our movie is going to take place. Now, the, um, the uh, uh, Tom Atkins character, Dr. Daniel, um, his own children having died uh, and his estrangement from his ex-wife, and he's obviously been fired for the hospital, uh, fired from his job <laughs> for, for, for practicing medicine while under the influence. Um, you don't need he to resides, give a reason. Yeah. He, he resides permanently in Santa Mira, where he lives at the Rose of Shannon Motel. Uh, and he is now the town drunk. He, oh, I was going to say the town drunk. He's the town he's drunk now. He's crazy Ralph. He's crazy Ralph. And he will tell anyone who will listen to him that the power behind the Silver Shamrock microchip massacre was the lost stone of Stonehenge. And this is the stone that we saw destroyed in the at the end of the movie. And he has this grand tale about what was really going on there and that it was all about a stone of Stonehenge. And because he's the town drunk, nobody listens to him. <laughs> it is absolutely not believed. And he's just the rantings of a lunatic. So we start our film a week before Halloween and we follow a group of high school kids, kind of going back to the tradition of the uh, horror movies. Um, we mm-hmm. follow a group of high school kids from uh, Santa Mira, and these are kids who were spared. They did not wear the masks. They were one of the only kids. They're the only kids left in Santa Mira because everybody else, all the other kids wore a mask uh, and were killed the following Halloween. And so the, uh, there, there's a group of disaffected uh, high school kids um, who feel like, you know, uh, survivor's guilt. And, uh, and so they, you know, one night, you know, a couple of beers and shits and giggles, they go exploring the ruins of the factory. And mm-hmm. there in the basement, they discover very strange pieces of rock and they realize one of the person puts it to one of the kids puts it together that these must be the pieces of Stonehenge that crazy uh Dr. Uh, Atkins was always talking about crazy so, Dr. Atkins yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what they do what these what these you know disaffected uh, angry kids do is they steal the rocks with the intent to sell them for profit. They're going to sell pieces of Stonehenge for like beer money and maybe college tuition or yeah. maybe like a new car. Um, like those guys so used to sell pieces they, of the original cross. Yeah, or pieces of the Berlin Wall or something like mm. that. They're going to peddle the, they're they're going to peddle these rocks as um, pieces of Stonehenge. What they don't realize is that a coven of witches has also traveled to Santa Mira to repeat to retrieve the pieces of Stonehenge. And these are the witches that are were supposed to be in season of the witch one, but they couldn't afford or something. I'm not sure. But we only had uh, uh, Evil Willy Wonka. 
Now it's Did they the, imbue the Stonehenge with the power. I don't. Are, yeah, they are we the druid. The druid witches. No, they are. The, they are the druid we didn't witches. Mention that there are no wish. There are no witches in season of the witch. Just as in Troll Two, there are no trolls. Exactly, and so we're right. bringing we're bringing in witches into this into this franchise uh, at long last. They were sort of Finally. off. They were sort of off screen in the original. Um, but now, because of the disaster and because of the, you know the, the big fire and and sort of the um, the the um, you know mass execution of all the children, they are coming back to retrieve the lost pieces of Stonehenge. Um, only to discover that when they get to the fire, those pieces of Stonehenge are gone, and now they have to. This coven of witches has to systematically hunt down each one of these children, um, and and not only get the rock back. Uh, a piece of Stonehenge back, but to um, murder them as well because they were the survivors that should have died the year before. Uh, and that will sort of renew whatever fucking spirit of whatever Halloween that didn't get renewed in Season of the Witch 1, they're really, they're, they're trying to uh, renew it. So um, they just go around trying to reclaim these sacred artifacts. So the movie is basically that. Was, will these kids escape the Santa Mira and the witches with their lives? Um, and more to the point, will the town drunk Dr. Atkins finally have a chance of redeeming himself by saving children from a murderous coven mm-hmm. of witches? That's my that's my pitch. Damn. And that's why you do it as a living, and <laughs> I do it as a segment on a podcast. <laughs> I wanted to make it about witches, goddammit. And that you did. I didn't even clock that there's no witches in Season of the Witch. Like I said, they're off screen. He talks about them. He talks about, like... Yeah, he does. It, they're being oh, yeah, of, he does. In he's his big speech. A long time in his or, big speech, yeah. yeah. It makes it seem like he is part of a larger network of, of witches mm-hmm. and that, that he's kind of trying to... His James Bond villain, I'm going to tell you the whole plan speech. Yeah, he's, that he's trying to sort of <laughs> resurrect something some ritual aspect of Halloween um, and uh, he needs a rock from Stonehenge to do it. And we didn't you know, talk too much. Right. It's that old saw. We didn't talk too much in the episode about, you know, trying, uh, you know, the, 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 co- the, there is continuity. There's non-serial continuity in Halloween three with the other Halloween movies, but also retrospectively the Halloween series picked up a lot from Halloween three and running with witchcraft and particularly this, you know, the festival of Samhain becomes yeah. the basis of Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And there is a kind of, there is a figure in, I think, Hall- in, in uh, Halloween 5 and 6 called The Man in Black, who is like a, like a non-witchy Tom version. Tom Atkins' twin. Yeah, he's like a non-witchy version of, of what, uh, Matt, what you just pitched, so... It's interesting. There you go. Because, like, that was that was like the one element. Just as you picked up on the like the thing that the rest of the Halloweens ran with, they did too. Oh, that's funny. Because again, yeah. I'm, I I don't know those other movies, and so I don't know the. Um, um... It became very witchy for a while. Oh, the yeah. Halloween series, mm-hmm. but, and and a lot of that was to do with Halloween three, and that they liked that element, but felt it was under explored. Yeah. yeah, it's even introduced and in, well reintroduced in Halloween Four. They talk about Sam Hain. And, it actually yeah. goes weirdly, and you know this is just trivia, but it go, but it, it it first appears in the Halloween novelization, 
Hmm. Like they use it as a, you know, because they, you, because Halloween as a as a movie is so lean, you have to put things in <laughs> to yeah. kind of make it noble length. And one of those was kind of suggesting that there was a witchcraft behind Michael Myers. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting that that thread gets picked up. All right. Well, there's a lot to chew on, ladies and gentlemen. I so... don't know how we're gonna poll that, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'll, we'll try to figure out a way to put a poll in the field, and you decide. Maybe we'll just do the Halloweens. You decide what you like, ladies and gentlemen. Find us on uh, Facebook. Find us on Instagram or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com if you've got questions. Otherwise, find our poll and vote on which sequel you like the best. All right. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, and I can't thank enough... Our special guest host, Matthew Aldrich, thank you for dropping by. Cochrane been... Golf Clap for you, sir. Total pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you so much. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. You should know, dear listeners, Matt and I are going to embark on a new project, literally, called the 1982 Project. We're yes. not done with this year. We've got more to say, so... Uh, I, I well at the by the time we listen to this, it's probably uh, already going to be on air. So find it on find it wherever you find your podcasts. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna unpack this year because this these four movies are the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, oh, well, there's so much underneath the surface. Yeah. All right, take care, everyone. Until next time. One more day to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. One more day to Halloween. All together, silver shamrock. shamrock. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> a refusal. It's not the act of a friend. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you.